This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Bailon. And we're just guys who have no other choice now. now but bar way through the Criterion Turing one spine number at a time, at a time order of release. This week, we're trying to figure out why is it so hard, darn hard to have relationships with lesbians while watching spine number 75 in the Criterion Collection, Kevin Smith's Chasing Amy from 1997. But first, RJ, we're running late tonight. I'm sorry, all right? Okay? I mean... People, people are going to think I'm the unprofessional one here, but I gave you full warning last week. I said, you know, Wednesdays are a really busy sale day for us at the old Cow Palace in uh, Lethbridge, Alberta, mm-hmm. Bailog Auction. And uh, I ran late today. And I, I apologize to everyone. And uh, the show might suffer because we're about two hours late than we would normally start. So we might be sluggish. I'm sorry for being late. It wasn't my intention, but it's the way it happened. But uh, if it makes you feel any better, I got pinned by a, a steer calf today on the wall in the ring. What does that What does that mean? Uh, so I was, uh, we were in the ring. That's where I work. The cattle come in, we sell them, and then they leave the ring, which is like a scale. And you have to be in there with the cattle. It's kind of dangerous sometimes when you got those big cows and bulls, those one ton bulls out there. It's kind of dangerous sometimes, you know. But, you know, whatever, I'm pretty tough. Uh, so anyways, there was uh, this big steer calf in there. And he was like six, 700 pounds or something. And um, we needed to sort one out. And uh, I was in the room with them and they were fine. And I was like, all right, he's fine. And so I looked out the door to make sure it was clear to let him out. And then I looked back and he was like right in front of me. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and he, uh, he charged at me and I tried to get out of the way, but I didn't make it in time. And uh, he hit me right in the fucking right ass cheek, right in the right in the butt with his head, and he uh, pinned me in on into the door, and uh, it sucked because he pinned me, and then he, the way cows are, they like charge, and then they kind of um, they move their head like up and down, like they grind it a little bit mm-hmm. to like really stick it to you. Yeah, and I was just pinned on the door for like I don't know ten seconds. I was like ah. <laughs> And uh, the other guy in the ring had to come and help me out. So I'm going to have a big-ass bruise oh. on my big ass. Well, imagine so, imagine the type of jobs you'd be doing without a master's degree. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. But, uh, no, I thought, I mean, I know we're late, but maybe you'll feel better that I was uh, hurt physically today. So I'm starting to feel a little bit better. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Wednesdays, am I right? Uh, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. That's What's cool. up with you, dude? Uh, I finally got into an office of my very own after like being told mm-hmm. I'd have an office like a month ago. So that's weird. And like I can yeah. close my door from people, and I can do all sorts of things in private now that I wasn't able to do before. Uh, so that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of things are you doing behind doors that you couldn't do before? Like I don't know, eating a granola bar without fear of someone like walk walk in while I'm like chewing. That that's like one thing that happens an awful lot. Try to eat lunch at the the goddamn you know interruptions. Yeah, humanity. Humanity yeah. granola bars. Yeah, the final frontier. Yep. Okay. Okay. Real, well, real, real fascinating stuff. Hey, you know this is what people want. Mm-hmm. The the fan we have out there, he's probably him or her. Are those the proper pronouns? There, whoever our fan is, is probably super interested in this. So, absolutely. Hey, RJ. Yo. But what have you been creeping on this week? I just, 
I just have some light creeps for you. Yeah, yeah. Creep light, as the kids call it. And what is uh, actually an apropos uh, expression this week. So I did some light, some creep light for you. Uh, one movie I watched was Creep Show Two, by my buddy Stephen King. Because mm-hmm. I'm I'm still tra- keeping that train going for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'd never seen this actually. I know no. Creep Show One. I've seen that. Yeah. I think that movie is pretty fun. Um, I've heard a lot about this movie just because of the middle segment, uh, the raft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Creep Show Two is um. A mo- an anthology horror film with three shorts and then one like interconnecting story shown through cartoon. Uh, but this movie starts out really good where a guy pulls up with a license crate, uh, license creep, license plate, and it says creep on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's our new mascot is that main license plate that says creep. I think that is pretty cool. Yeah. Main like creep. Cool. Main creep. That's us, man. Uh, so what do we got here? We got uh, the connecting story is like a cartoon like a comic book because that's what they're trying to do is that creep show uh what's the comic book called you know the one well it's like the ec comics sort of thing yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so uh you have that and there's the crypt keeper guy and then there's a little kid who's biking and bullies are chasing him that's like the connecting story and first story is about uh, a real small dead town and george kennedy runs an old shop and then a bunch of hooligans come and try to rob the shop and kill him. But then George Kennedy's uh, like cigar store Indian statue outside comes to life and takes revenge. Uh, that's the first story. <laughs> I thought I thought it was okay. Um, I mean, like it's not it's not great, but it's not bad either. It's fine. <laughs> hey, it's nice to see George Kennedy being alive yeah and being on film uh for this whole movie none of the acting is very good but whatever you can get over it mm-hmm. and the stories themselves are a little goofy but it's stephen king's stories sometimes he his short stories especially are pretty goofy uh so it's okay but then the second uh story is the raft which is uh infamous to me at this point i've heard so many people talk about this fucking story um and i think it holds up pretty well um i don't know if the hype is real but uh, i thought it was really good like um i think tom savini tom savini sex machine from from dusk till dawn uh he's real wicked or whatever he was doing in this is awesome because it's uh you get some teenagers and they swim out to like a little buoy like a little raft buoy in the middle of a lake and then there's like a black sludge on the lake and it starts to consume the teenagers mm-hmm. it's awesome uh the special effects are real wicked uh they're, they're so pretty one... impressive for being like essentially garbage bags on water yeah yeah exactly like some somehow they made it look really good and uh what i really liked is when the teenagers get sucked into it like it looks like they're covered in tar but then immediately um their skin like melts and i was like "Ooh, yeah that's super cool um, I also like when the mass, the black mass, consumes a new teenager. There's like a little bit of the last teenager still left in it. And uh, I don't know if it's as hype-worthy as people say, but I thought it was really good. And then the third segment was about a lady who is uh, in an... Inf- um, she's cheating on her husband and she hits a, a hobo. Not a hobo, a hitchhiker on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she's haunted by it. And I thought that was pretty good, too. 
So my review of Creepshow 2 was, you know, it's it's okay. Hmm. Yeah. But how do you feel about Creepshow 2? Uh, my memory of Creepshow 2, whenever I watched it a few years ago, was everything was pretty bad except for the uh, mm. uh, the raft. The raft. And that was, like, fine. It was kind of cool, but... Beyond, yeah. beyond that, it was just kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a skippable anthology. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not essential watching for anybody. But if you are a fan of either Stephen King or if you like horror anthologies, then you could probably give it a watch. Hmm. That's all I would say. So I watched that movie, and then I watched a new movie, Jared. Whoa. I, I watched a new movie, and baby, we got raw. You ever heard of this Raw movie? Yeah, somebody uh, told me I had to watch it last night so we could talk about it today. I didn't say you had to. I just no. said you could You could watch it so mm-hmm. we could talk. So I watched this movie Raw, and this movie came out uh, like a year ago, and it's a French horror film, horror drama, or whatever you would like to call it. Uh, and it, it is about a young girl who gets into a veterinary school veterinary school she gets into a vet school and then she goes there she's a vegetarian and they have pretty extreme hazing rituals uh one of which is eating uh raw animal parts and after she gets a taste for the flesh for that raw meat as you would she develops uh more more extreme tastes and she goes after some people she starts eating people too and uh, that's what this movie is. This movie has huge hype, huge buzz, huge, huge uh, acclaim. Uh, all I've heard for the last fucking year is uh, how good this movie is. So me and roommate Scott, we've been talking about this movie for a long, long time. And uh, we wanted to watch it for a long, long time. And uh, we finally got around to it the last, the other night. And my opinion of this movie is that... Uh, I think they try to do way more stuff than they should. Um, and I think it kind of crowds the movie. There's too much going on in, at a lot of points. Um, so one thing, I kind of I can see why it gets a lot of acclaim. Uh, it looks great. Uh, I think the score is really good. Like all of the music is wicked. Um, it's really cinematic. It's got some really nice shots, some cinematography. Uh so I get it. And it's like a competently put together movie. The story is interesting enough. And I feel like they they hammer on some of these details or these uh, areas enough. But uh, I don't know. Some of it just seemed really heavy handed to me. And uh, some of it was kind of like unbelievable, I guess. So like, I don't know if it's just me. But like, and I know there's like a suspension of disbelief, but there were certain points where it's like, so this school, it's in France, right? And the hazing rituals are these fucking extreme things where it's like they eat animal parts, they're getting covered in animal blood, and then they go to class right after, like completely covered in blood. And they eat for the whole day. And even the teachers are like, yeah, rookie, this is your life now, bitch. Is that a quote? I don't remember that line. Yeah. That fucking Mark Twain looking motherfucker. Oh. The, the, uh, the guy was just like, well, he's talking to the students and they're like in their lab coats covered with blood. And he's just like, yeah, this school's tough, but you'll either learn or you'll, you won't. And it's like, okay. And then 
I don't know, man. Like I, I, I have heard. So apparently uh, there's a guy I know who's a PhD candidate in the building I used to work at. And he is from Europe. I think he's from Portugal. Yep. And he said that sometimes when you're a new student in universities, the hazing rituals are pretty fucking extreme. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I guess. Like I know in America, they're like raping dudes all over the place. Like they have <laughs> weird, weird, weird hazing rituals too. I don't know if it's like our Canadian like uh, sensibilities or something like that. And, and, just and like, I quote, raping dudes all over the place. Well, go fucking look into it, man. Those frats, like they were like pounding dudes pretty hard. <laughs> They got there was one frat that got in a lot of trouble like three years ago because one of their hazing rituals was that they were pounding the shit out of other dudes. Wow. All right. So you look into that big dog. I don't I don't know, but maybe you're confusing these with your tapes, but continue, continue. It's possible. So anyways, like stuff like that, like we're we're from a pretty small Canadian place, but like I went to school in the States. I was at frat parties. I saw what it was like. I was like I don't know if this is totally real, but whatever. That's, uh, you know, suspension disbelief. But then there are other parts where I was, it really kind of pulled me out of it, where it was just like, there's one scene that after they do a bunch of autopsies on dead dogs, like, <laughs> it changes uh, It changes R- the scene. Make, making this an RJ pick. Yeah, making this an RJ pick. It changes, like, the location, and there's, like, a scene for 10 minutes, and then it cuts back to, like, the autopsy room, and then there's, like, a dog corpse on a table, and then a sheet falls off of it, and it looks really nice. But, but the sheet it's is, like I said, but it's pulled by an invisible force. It's pull, yeah, it's pulled by an invisible force, and it's, like, really nice, but the only, all I could think of in, at that time was, like, why would that body be there, like, that corpse be there still? Wouldn't someone have disposed of that by now? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then there's other things, too. It's like, so you find out later that, uh, spoilers here, um, so the girls turn into a cannibal, and then you find out later that her sister is, like, also a cannibal, and she has this elaborate ruse where she, like, dives in front of a uh, in front of vehicles, and the vehicles crash into, like, trees. And it happens three times in and, the and, movie. And, and three times just, on just, screen. It's important to note that this happens, like, on the same stretch of road. That's, that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> It happens three times in the movie, so off screen, you can only assume it's happened more, but it is the exact same stretch of road. It is like the exact same trees that they're crashing yeah, into. Car, car and, swerving off to the left directly into the tree, killing the driver. Ha- <laughs> killing the driver. And you have to assume that, like, so what happens is, like, after the car crashes, the girls go to the bodies and just kind of eat them a little bit. Well, the one, yeah, like, the one girl seems to be doing it, the other one is against doing it. But. Yeah, but eventually, you know what I mean. But even if the one who girl who does do it, it shows her do it three times in this movie. And you're just like, did no one catch on that all these cars were crashing on the same tree? And then there was like a bite taken out of this guy's brain. I suppose that there's not a lot of autopsies being done on people who are just obviously running into trees. And that they're just like, oh, this person died. And it's 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 possible that no one's like it's examining possible. the bodies very closely and going, hey, there's there's human bite marks on this person's like brain flap. It's it's possible. It's possible. Uh, but I you know what I understand. Hey, hey, I understand that. I understand your criticism completely. Yeah. You know what else is possible? Having a uh, school university uh, where there are parties that are the entire school is completely no holds barred. We're like in this movie. Movie, there's a party in the morgue mm-hmm. and you're just like would they really be able to go into this place and party with all these dead bodies 
I don't know. But there's like a lot of scenes like that where they're partying on weird parts of campus and you're just like, could these people really be there? I don't know. Mm. Uh, and then there's other shitty things that like I, I thought about today too, where it was like, um, there's a scene where the sister is like, the sister is really shitty to, to the main character. And then, uh, like there's a scene where they're in the morgue partying and the sister gets everyone to film like the big sister gets everyone to film the other girl like trying to eat the corpse when she's really drunk and it's like all right like you think she's really shitty but then later you find out she eats people too and you're just like so if she was also doing it why would she like try to expose herself by just being a shitty sister and then so like this is kind of all it relates back to this movie has a lot of metaphors right (laughs) and it's got a lot of messages and it's like i understand it's like coming of age it's feminism it's like uh body positivity and eating disorders it's uh rape culture it's anti-animal stuff it's like sexual stuff kind of and like it has all of these messages which all on their own like yeah these are all things people should kind of like be aware of and realize that, yeah, sometimes people are really shitty to each other. And there there's like weird rape stuff or weird <laughs> antibody like eating disorder things where girls feel like in, insecure about themselves and they don't know how to come come in their own sexually. And it's like, I get it all, but I feel like they they reach for more than they can grab. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. What about you, man? You watched this movie. Yeah, so upon your request, I was planning on watching this uh, in October, uh, but then you uh, strong-armed me. Uh, I felt you were going to talk about it anyway, so I'm like, well, I might as well get it out of the way. Uh, So I watched this kind of going in being like, oh, RG didn't like this movie. Oh, what a surprise. It's a movie directed by a woman starring women. No, come on. So I was like, okay, RJ, let's just just see how this movie really is and see if uh, Mm -hmm. it's RJ's old hangups. Um. But yeah, this movie is just kind of okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Like I, I didn't dislike it, but there's like so many things that I don't like about this movie, as far as like mm-hmm. the feeling of it, and like it doesn't really come together at any point. Um, there's like a lot of like really sure. good visual moments. Like there's the one scene where uh, the main character she's kind of like trapped under the sheets of her bed. And mm-hmm. there's, like, no reason for it. And there's, like, sort of, like, this thumping weirdness that's, like, some sort of somebody's, like, like kind of thumping at her, which I guess is, like, trying to communicate, yeah. like, the hunger pains of, like, her mm-hmm. now that she's, like, been turned on to the, the flesh of, like, of meat, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, it's awakening these these urges. Uh, I thought that was, like, like, pretty well done. And I was, like, kind of imagining watching that in a theater and being, like, God, this would be, like, brutal to watch in that way. Like, if there was, like, a point, like, when I watched, I started watching this movie, and I was kind of like, so, like, why, like, what's the big deal with this movie again? But then there's the scene where she's, like, in the bathroom and she's uh, vomiting up the hair. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this is the movie that, like, everyone was like, they went to see it in, in Europe, and everyone mm-hmm. was vomiting, and people were running in and puking in the theaters. I'm like, oh, it's this movie. And then I, then I was like, right, right, right. And then it came back in my mind what this was all about. Um, yep. But, like, yeah, I mean, other than those, like, big moments, like, the story itself, it feels like a... Uh, like a kind of a cross between like let the right one in um, and ginger snaps Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. all these like kind of like a medley of like horror movies, but it never really uh, snaps into place in a way that's like, I completely buy into this universe. Like the tone of it's really off at times. 
like it's like sometimes feels like like a comedy mm-hmm. coming of age uh and then it tries to do the horror stuff but it's not completely horror and i don't think that's yeah. necessarily a bad thing but it never really feels like anything that it's striving to be cuz it just like keeps shifting um right. so i don't know I, it's a. It, it, I was very underwhelmed by it. I guess on the whole, because of like, like you said, like how people were talking about this movie. Uh, like even still, mm-hmm. like people really like this and like think it's like a real uh, revelation. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, you know, all the movies that like probably the director of this likes. There's like movies mm-hmm. are still much better than this, and this movie is just kind of like another like addition to like sort of like uh, women in horror movies. Like there's like the movie Excision. Uh, American mm-hmm. Mary, uh, like a lot of these movies where it's like, yeah, like their their minds in the right place and they're trying to tell this type of story. Like body horror is an like an obvious thing to sort of go mm-hmm. to, um, and it's it can pay off really well in horror. But there's always like there's just something off with these movies. It's kind of like mm, it doesn't work completely. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Not not everything can be possession. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It's like one thing, or like martyrs. I think like those are like kind of like top yep. shelf stuff that like I think people mm-hmm. are aiming for, but they're kind of at the end of the day, kind of stuck on uh, tropes and kind of like what's mm-hmm. already been done, and they just kind of like, hey, what if we add these scenes and assemble them together? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it. No, I agree with you. Uh, I I just want to say uh, it. I did. Any opinion I have is not because it was a female director or a female <laughs> actress, as Jarrett would like to say. Uh, I did, I did like, I like this movie. Like, I think it has some really good stuff. Like, it's like I said, it's shot really well. The score is really good. It's a cool story. Um, I think the problem that I have more than anything is I don't like French extremism. Uh, High Tension, I think, is one of the worst fucking movies oh, ever made. Oh, come on, that's that, that movie's so dumb. No, well, the ending it doesn't dumb. it the doesn't make the ending's dumb. The first two thirds of that movie are amazing. Like they're yeah, they, but they are like so like well done. Like it's like great horror. But that the ending sucks. The but ending, the, the, but the other like completely undermines the entire movie because it's like, hey, you know, no, the entire movie you just saw, no. it's it, like maybe it happened, you, you maybe go, it didn't. I bet if you go back and watch that movie again, though, all the thrills and like staging of the horror are probably still like really well done. And then you just know that, oh god, the ending makes no sense, and you're gonna roll your eyes. But the whole, I think, like the actual, like nah. yes. Yo, come on. Like, the whole opening with, like, the truck driver, like, he's just, like, sitting there, and then he, like, he's giving himself head with a decapitated woman and then throws her head out the door. That's like, Jesus. It's like, that's some grim shit, and it just gets grimmer as it goes on. It's like, that stuff's great, and her, like, running from him and stuff like that. Like, that stuff's all good and high tension. The ending is, like, pretty bad. But I think yeah. all that other stuff is, like, really well done. Like, you can just watch it as, like, a movie with, like, oh, then she she stopped the truck driver rather than this, like, impossible conclusion it reaches. It doesn't ruin the movie. It's just it, like, man, it, why did it, they do it that? It did for me because it for me because it was just like, well, everything that happened doesn't even mean anything because it's like, did it really happen? Well, it doesn't matter Is anyway because it... it's not real, RJ. It's a movie. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, that was the example I want to use. And then the other French extremism movie I saw was a uh, Ills or Them. Yeah, you can go back to Creeptober last year, and I, I felt pretty underwhelmed by that too despite a uh, high praise from a lot of people. So anyways, I think it's French extremism for me that I'm not a fan of. Well, when are you going to get around to watching inside? <laughs> God, probably never. Yeah. That's, so, the, that's the other one. If you, cause you've yeah. seen martyrs, which I think you still continue yeah. to refuse. Yeah, to but rate. that's, that's Canadian French extremism though. That's not French, French extremism. Oh, so you see what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess yeah. so. 
So what about your creeps? Oh boy. Well, uh, it feels like we've been recording for like an hour already, but we haven't. We've only been talking for like what twenty minutes. <laughs> you you can you can be upfront with about it. You okay. can tell people okay. what okay. happened. Oh man, Skype and my computer and my microphone have just been bitches tonight. And uh, real, real frustrating here. So, yeah. so far, so good, though. We haven't had to restart <laughs> for like 18 minutes. That's a great. New uh, record. Yeah, new record tonight. Uh, anyway, so uh, after watching Mother last week, I've been exploring these other cinema score F ratings uh, because right. I have nothing else better to do but watch terrible movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Very quickly, uh, Eye of the Beholder, I watched that one with Ewan McGregor and Ashley Judd, uh, very 90s. And you can tell why this movie's like not really mm-hmm. liked by anybody. There's just not enough there to even like talk about. It's kind of like a shitty Brian De Palma movie. Um, she's like a femme fatale who's just like is killing people mm-hmm. and Ewan McGregor's like a creepy weird surveillance guy who has like he keeps seeing his daughter in his mind and he's following her around because he's paid for by like the government pays him to like track people down and his and like his contact is like an oracle like figure like I was in the Batman comics uh, mm-hmm. played by Katie Lang who can't out act she's like not good in this uh, this movie just kind of happens it goes on uh, mm-hmm. and then I watched Robert Altman's Dr. T and the women starring, <laughs> nice. uh, Richard Gere and a whole bevy of ladies mm-hmm. like Laura Dern and stuff like that. Uh, this movie I turned off after a half hour because I, it's, it's just a waste of my life. Um, this movie is like two hours long. It's an unfunny comedy and it's just like, like really bad, horrible blonde women with their hair, like all done. It's just like this like type of mm. people. I'm like, I cannot get into this whatsoever. And it's like, Oh, he's a gynecologist and let's make gynecology jokes. Ha ha. He likes to go golfing. Oh, here's Helen Hunt. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, this is, uh, not, not good. And, uh, then I watched like a couple of like horror movies, one called Lost Souls with Winona Ryder. Uh, which is like, uh, but I I wish it was, but it's like another one of these movies about like the antichrist, but this is like a, like hesitant antichrist. It's a guy who doesn't like want to be the antichrist, but Mm. he's not going to really have much choice in the matter. Uh, there's lots of like six, six, six stuff. Winona Ryder is in this movie. It just kind of goes on and on and on. It never goes anywhere. Interesting. It came out in that period in the late nineties where it was like all these like devil on earth movies like end of days which at least is like like got arnie and like stupid action and shit and pizza hut boxes um and then darkness is like uh from the director of the wreck movies and uh like before he made those found footage movies he made this like movie in 2002 starring anna paquin and um uh, one of the guy one of the game of thrones dudes whose name escapes me at the moment wendell and uh, christie uh, Ian Glenn, he's in this, and he's oh, like yeah, he's yeah. he's got the weirdest accent in this movie. And this movie is like so uninteresting. It's kind of extraordinary to quote my own letterbox review. Um, <gasps> there, it, it vilifies Uroboros is like being this like mm-hmm. evil symbol. And uh, I don't know. There's the, there's a whole thing about the eclipse in here. I'm surprised this movie didn't pop up more on people's list during the uh, the solar eclipse here we had in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is because no one cares. Uh, probably, and probably no one yeah. no one saw this movie. They've heard it's just bad, which it is because it's like completely forgettable. Uh, yeah, so that's dunk. Next up, uh, I'm actually just I'm just like I'm kind of going in chronological order with these uh, F scores. Sure, uh, sure. I'm, I'm just skipping over Lucky Numbers, starring John Travolta and Lisa Kudrow, uh, mm. because I've seen I've seen that. That's an F score. Yeah, 
Uh, oh, nice. I, I'm not going to get anything out of that. Uh, but next up for me is fear.com. Ooh, girl. Let me hear it. What, what happened? I don't know. I'm going to be watching it soon. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant no, like next ne- up in ne- next, up, next up for me to watch. Yeah, Frankie Muniz has a pretty radical performance in that movie. No, yeah. Uh, I believe. What else? Oh, yeah. Uh, I watched a, in honor of El Santo, famed Mexican wrestler who died mm-hmm. like in 1983. He, his, it was his 100th birthday uh, over the weekend. <laughs> uh, and so in honor of this man, uh, I watched a Santo movie, which uh, people aren't familiar. Uh, in exploitation in Mexican cinema, uh, they mm-hmm. really like making lucha movies, like guys, like movies, like horror movies that were like kind of like done in the style of like 1930s uh, universal horror movies, but with wrestlers. Um, mm-hmm. And like they are themselves, they are in their masks right. and they're like often shirtless wearing their wrestling gimmick. Uh, and they're like just confronting uh, Hollywood monster things like vampire women or mummies or were- lots of werewolves. Um, and so, I don't know, I haven't watched a ton of these. Uh, so I was like, why not watch one of the most popular ones on Letterboxd called Santo versus the Vampire Women? And um, this movie is not particularly good. It's very slow, um, but it, I think I described it as like it's got this great like Saturday morning matinee feel to it. Like you could just turn this on, go do some mm-hmm. other things, check in, and be like, "Wow, that's a that's a really nice cinematography." Like considering how cheaply made these things are, these have nice sets. They like the black and white cinematography looks good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's got like goofy effects and whatnot. You get Mexican wrestlers, which always look awesome. Uh, nice. always, it seems like always in these movies too, they dump in a scene that's like 10 minutes of like 1950s uh, wrestling style, which is very like lots of headlocks and guys just tossing mm-hmm. one another around. It's very, very unexciting wrestling, but man, the crowds are into this shit and lap it up. Um, but yeah, Santa's a pretty interesting dude. He was like in 51 different movies. Uh, he's like a real like folk hero in Mexico. People like, he's a big deal. Uh, he's everything that John Cena will never be in a lot of ways where like people will continue talking about this guy. He's been dead for, you know, what, 40 years now almost going on almost 40 years and this guy's his his work his legend continues on there's like iterations of this guy like people continue on oh it's it's weird it's a crazy little thing go on wikipedia and look it up uh i won't yeah uh it's fine you're you're <laughs> i watched uh the village finally what i didn't know you watched the village <laughs> yeah Neat. M-, m night Shalomans the village rj Neat. this movie sucks this movie's not good. No, it's yeah, not no. that bad. Oh, it's pretty bad. It's like Hey, how about that cinematography though? Yeah, Roger Deakins cinematography. It's like whatever. It's in the service of a bad movie. Oh, uh, yeah, no this movie's on. I I had like so I I never saw this when it came out. Uh by that point people were kind of like caught on to the M Night Shyamalan scheme. And so like mm-hmm. when you saw the trailer for The Village, it was like, "So, what's the twist in this movie?" Oh, it looks like it's yeah. the 19th century, but it's probably really the 20th century. And yeah, that's all I kind of figured about this movie. I didn't really actually know what it was. Um, so I was like kind of watching it and I was like, "Oh, hey, there's Adrian Brody playing like the village idiot, and there's mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix reading little pieces of paper, and oh, there's Sigourney Weaver. Oh, hey, there's William Hurt. There's all these people in this movie." I'm like, this is kind of, this has got some potential. I'd been on a string of like watching some bad movies and I was like, oh, this, this seems pretty good. But then it just kept going and going 
and it never got interesting and it kept going. And then it's like, whoa, whoa, what's this like werewolf, werebore thing going around? That looks awesome. Mm-hmm. What the hell is this all about? And then, oh, no, that was just a costume being worn by the elders to control the people. Oh, okay. And then we're going to send the blind girl to go get medical supplies to the forest. That that seems like a bad idea, but, but she does it. Or a good idea. Yeah. And then, right. oh, this movie is set in the 20th century, and here's this big elaborate thing about fucking M. Night Shyamalan in, in survival and victimhood and stuff again. Once again, victimhood is like his thing. Uh, yeah, uh, this movie really disappointed me. I kind of had higher hopes for it. This is a movie that seems to have picked up some steam, and like people are like, yeah, you know what? This movie's better than you thought. But this is false. This is a false narrative, RJ. Hey, Jerry. Jerry. Hey, Jerry, that movie is better than you thought. Nope. It's, it's not totally bad. <laughs> tell me Tell me that in the microphone. <laughs> It's not totally bad, bro. <laughs> uh, no, it's. I thought it was like pretty, uh, pretty uninteresting. Uh, other, like, yeah, I don't know. I've heard some people like, like the score. I guess is fine, uh, and it's shot well. But it's just like the editing and story of it. Like when you break it down, it's just like, what was this movie? Was this the best way of telling the story? And it's like mm-hmm. not. Like it just isn't. Like none of it. Like the guy was like a billionaire who knew American history, and then he took like a bunch of other people who've had like people die in their lives out into the middle of the woods in this park that he bought in Pennsylvania. So they could raise their children in innocence, because and yeah, apparently the, the best time of, of the world to live in to reenact was like late nineteenth century America, living out in the woods with limited technology. And then when the children want to, like, they start asking questions, which like isn't even really how it plays out. They're just like, I don't know, it's it's dumb. It's a bad movie. Yeah, what's the problem? What's the problem here? It could have been done much better. Is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, but Roger Deakins is the shit, though. Yeah, I've seen Sicario. That movie's not so good. Come on. Yeah, but you hate Denny Villeneuve. Hey, uh, RJ, do you care about my thoughts on the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery? Uh, lay it down to me fast, baby. Oh, my Get God. It? Yeah, I'm interested. Is it good or is it bad? Mm, no, I don't know. Well, wait. Have you seen all of Star Trek's TV shows? Um, I haven't seen any of Enterprise, and I watched like uh, a, your opinion doesn't matter. Then yeah, I've seen everything else <laughs> except for I think Star Trek Nemesis, and I I don't think I've, I've seen like an episode of Star Trek Enterprise, but I've seen pretty well everything else t- to a significant degree. Um, yeah. yeah so Star- thumbs up or down? What, what's up? Middle, firm, firmly in the middle. Dang. Yeah. Do you recommend it? Mm, unless you're invested in Star Trek, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you can talk about it if you want. I don't know. I was just like, I'm going to throw it out there. If uh, people want to hear my thoughts, you can email me and tell me. Email hey, Talk about it more because I'll probably wind up watching it for a little while more, see how it goes. Yep. Um, my biggest complaint right now is, and this is like a, a kind of a stupid thing to complain about, but it's like it's very video gamey to me in like a, and I mean that in a negative way it feels like what Mass Effect looks like I've never played Mass Effect but it feels that way but it feels even dumber sure. than like Mass Effect which I don't think is actually a dumb game but it looks that way it feels like everything about it feels like hey you're like just like a character who's like got this predetermined story that like you're going to start off like this but then this has to happen and then you get sent to Star Trek jail 
But then you're so mm-hmm. smart that you have to actually now work on this until you redeem yourself. And then characters will say, here, here's your own ship. That's sort of like the feeling mm. of it. Um, compared to other Star Trek series, um, like usually by the first episode, you know the premise of the show. But sure. after watching the first two episodes and then seeing like the like trailer for the rest of the season, I was like, what the fuck? Like that, this feels like a completely different show coming up. Like this is so mm-hmm. odd. Um, Brian Fuller, the, the man behind such shows as Hannibal, is uh an American uh, gods an American gods he's uh he's up yeah. in this but apparently I think I remember reading I thought something. he got re- removed he, he still got the credit on there so I don't know yeah. I, I'd have to go back and read about it um the only thing I don't I, the one yeah. thing that's significant about this I guess is like I've noticed like like people in America they have to buy CBS all access to yeah. watch this like they don't air it on TV in Canada for whatever reason they actually uh we get it broadcast on regular television on the space channel mm-hmm. and then it shows up on crave tv um and in the rest of the world they get it on netflix like the day after it airs which is actually kind of cool i, I kind of prefer that because i don't have yeah. crave tv um so i don't know like, if it's free to watch like go for it dudes <laughs> like watch, watch check it out and see how you like it mm-hmm. um they changed the klingons which so they look odd and like nosferatu um so that's all mm. strange decisions. It's apparently set 10 years prior to the original series, and it's set in the original pre-Abrams universe, which is right. also odd because the show completely doesn't resemble that one bit. Uh, right. Yeah, it's just it, it's kind of a frustrating show. Um, the You'd think that, like, sure. by now we'd have perfected, like, space battles to make them, like, really dynamic and interesting and, like, exciting mm-hmm. to watch. Not the case here. And I don't know. I can't. You can't really blame television budgets because... Deep Space Nine, mm-hmm. when it came down to that Dominion War stuff and like using actual miniatures and stuff, still those th- those those battles were pretty mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, and so watching this, it was just like, ugh, this should feel way more important than it does. Anyway, yeah, uh, I cr- it I'm, sounds so 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 so. It's I don't know. It's not. It's no Twin Peaks: The Return. <laughs> Yeah, few things are though. Few things are. Uh, anyway, hey RJ, got any news for us? Nope. Cool. Uh, I do. I've got a bunch of news. Oh, God. Um, what happened? So, number one, uh, Gerald's Game, directed by Mike Flanagan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Based on Stephen King's novel. It's out on Friday mm-hmm. on Netflix. Will you be watching? Uh, maybe not right on Friday, but I'm going to watch it as soon as I can, baby girl. Oh, wow. Hey, RJ. Yep. Uh, Stephen King's The Mist Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, season one is going to be all we're getting because apparently it's been cancelled I never even watched it was it any good Uh, Chanel was watching it uh, when I was coming through the room once and I kind of looked at it and went that show looks really badly shot and Mm. uh, like very uninspired and I was like oh this show just seems to be spinning its uh, wheels and I don't know and I haven't heard anybody talk about it and particularly like right now like being Stephen King is like the best thing in the world because like, but even like with Dark Tower being a bomb, but then you have it yeah. being a huge success. Uh, the word of mouth on Gerald's game is it's really good, mm-hmm. but we all know mm-hmm. what hype means. Um, hype, baby. And then like Mr. Mercedes, is that like actually airing or is that happening or is that? Uh, like... Yeah, it's like halfway through. Okay. I watched the first episode. I actually finished that book okay. two weeks ago. Well, so far, no one's talking about that either. So I don't nah, know. Maybe, not really. maybe there's just too much stuff going on. And it was so big yeah. that it's all about it. And no one knows about Mr. Mercedes. Probably like so. more, more people watch that old TV miniseries and have been trained to appreciate monster clowns than they have mm-hmm. guys who drive into people with their cars. 
Right. Other than neo-Nazis. Um, yeah. Hey, guess what, Yo. RJ? I think Yo. it's tomorrow. It's the 30th <gasps> anniversary of the Star Trek Next Generation first episode ever airing. To tie it into Star uh, Star Trek here. Hey, um, hey Jared. So, holy fuck. Uh, like, that's like crazy that it's been 30 years since Star Trek first started uh, Next hey, Generation way back when. Hey, hey Jared. You're gonna say yeah. you're gonna say that you've never watched Star Trek Next Generation or something. Hey Jarrett, what? you're a nerd. Yeah. Hey, you know I've what? never watched Star Trek Next Generation. Well, I've seen a few episodes, yeah. but that's it. Yeah. What did you think of those episodes? They were fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's like my least favorite Trek. I think. Um, All I, right. I, I try. Right. I try going back and watch that stuff. It's pretty boring and very dated. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me that original series or Deep Space Nine, and I'm okay. Hey, guess what? I think yesterday was the 18th year anniversary of the first episode of Freaks and Geeks. Nobody cares. <laughs> what? No, that show's okay. That it's show's okay. that show was great. Yeah, yeah, that show's not bad. I, I have a, 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 a soft feelings, cushy, squishy feelings toward Freaks and Geeks. Were you a freak or a geek? Uh somewhere in between. I was a nerd, RJ. <laughs> As you yeah. like to remind me. Nerd. And uh, so, yeah, I thought that was like, again, this is more like, holy shit, I feel old now. Like, because that show, yeah. like, I remember watching in high school when it first showed up and, like, I didn't know what mm-hmm. to expect. And I thought this show was, like, fantastic. And then they canceled it because sometimes they cancel shitty shows and sometimes they cancel great shows. And mm-hmm. It's not fair. Um, and my final piece of news I'll share is that the It sequel uh, uh, yeah. will not be appearing until September of 2019. Well, they got to film it next year, and then it'll come out the year after. Will right? it? Will it sustain the hype? Mm, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's all about those. They'll be teasing out those casting uh, teasers yeah, and shit yeah. like that. It's all yeah. gonna be about the cast, and then it's like, oh, this movie's gonna actually be bad now because it doesn't have any of the charm of those mm-hmm. kids. It's all there, and now it's like adults fighting a clown. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe Kevin Smith will be cast as Beverly Marsh. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. enough of that. Yep. Hey, it's time Yo. to talk about Kevin Smith. Fuck yeah. So after the break, um, we're talking about fisting. Oh, gross.
Spot it on the face, Horace. I'm just having a little girl trouble. Pressing charges? I get that a lot. Holden McNeil was set in his ways. The way he worked. The way he lived. And the way he thought love should be. But then, she showed up. Let me guess. You like her. This girl loves me. There's something you should know. She got a boyfriend. Well, no. Then what's to know, my friend? And this girl's got a secret that's going to drive him crazy. I like you, Hogan. I'd really like us to be friends. What I tell you, she just needs the right guy. What's up? If you come pick me up, I'll be your best friend. Now, the only thing standing in Holden's way is the truth. I can't take this. Can't take what? I love you. Not in a friendly way. That was your pseudo date. Okay, I'm telling you, she's never even been with a guy. You're dating a guy? So what if it is true? You know you have no shot at getting her into bed. I take it that's not good. Miramax Films presents a comedy that tells it like it feels. She's been around and seen things we've only read about in books. So what'd you do last night? Got lucky. Chasing Amy. And we're back. And we're talking Chasing Amy. Directed by Kevin Smith, 1997. One of the most controversial Criterion Collection picks uh, since Armageddon, I think. To quote Letterboxd here, we uh, we got a tagline. It's not who you love, period. It's how, period. And a description. Holden and Banky are comic book artists. Everything is going good for them until they meet Alyssa, also a comic book artist. Holden falls for her, but his hopes are crushed when he, when he finds out she's a lesbian Bum, 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 because lesbians are scary in 1997. So a little backstory here, as Jarrett likes to do sometimes. Uh, Kevin Smith is the worldwide international phenom director of everyone's favorite movie, Clerks. He did a thing once. He made a movie. Uh, he is uh, half of the Jay and Silent Bob duo. Uh, he really likes dicks and farts. Uh, he makes movies about dicks and farts, and he thinks they're really funny. And Catholics. And Catholics, uh, yes, because he is a Catholic. He's got that good Catholic guilt. Uh, and he is a guy who uh, was around when Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were coming around. Uh, people used to think that he ghost writ, uh, ghost wrote the screenplay for Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> Uh, because of this movie, actually, Chasing Amy. Mm -hmm. People used to think that he was the guy who actually wrote that script. Yeah. Uh, this movie, when it hit, came on the scene, it had a, low, a very it, small but, budget. But is that true, RJ? No, 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 no. I'm pretty sure Ben Affleck wrote that screenplay, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. I, I, continue. 
I used to think Matt Damon did, but uh, in pr- the most recent years, I think Ben Affleck was probably the, the driving force. So anyways, this movie had a really small budget, $250,000 or yeah. something like that, and it fucking killed. It made $12 million. It was a huge success for Miramax, and it started a uh, very long partnership between uh, Tubbo Kevin Smith and <laughs> uh, the Weinstein brothers or whatever. Fellow Tubbo's. Uh, fellow Tubbo's. Um yeah, so this movie won a lot of awards. It got a lot of acclaim uh, because of its so-called grounded take on uh, relationships and fear and love and his real raw vulgarity and his audacity. Um, so chasing Amy, uh, I'm just going to talk to you for a second here, Jared. Yep. My 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 personal history with Mr. Kevin Smith yeah. is one of both love and hate. Uh, when I was a young man, uh, my brother, uh, he when these movies were coming out, he would have been around 15, 16. Yep. And uh, when this movie came out, I was seven. Uh, and he really liked these movies because he was mm-hmm. a teen boy. And of course he would like these movies. Yep. yep. Uh, and he, uh, I would just do whatever he did. Um so I would watch all these movies with him. And then I really liked these movies. And when I was growing up, uh, I was a big fan of Mallrats and Dogma. Because when you're a little kid and you watch Kevin Smith movies, those movies are really funny. Because there's lots of dicks. There's lots of farts. There's a poop monster in one of them. Um, and, oh, you know, man. it's got all... Uh, yeah, Dogma has a poop monster. I about that. Yeah, it's got all the stuff a little a little boy would like. Um I remember seeing Jay and Silent Bob strike back in theater when I was 12 or so. My brother took me because uh, I um, I think I bugged him enough so that he would. Uh, I've always been a big fan of this Kevin Smith guy and the Jay and the Silent Bob. And then in the last few years, I grew up a little bit. I learned a little bit. I loved a little bit. And I realized a little bit that Kevin Smith is not entirely as I remembered him to be. Uh, he is a dick and fart man, which I, th- I, I think I am as myself. You, you, you trade in dick and farts. I, yeah, I trade in dick and farts as well. Yeah. Um, so I get it. I mean, it makes sense. But in the last few years, uh, listening to some of the many podcasts he's affiliated in, I think he has about nine. Um, his podcast and his recent movies, my uh, my appeal, or not my like my wonderlust, I guess is what you could say, has uh, faded a little bit. I am not the Kevin Smith fanboy anymore, and uh, there are a lot out there because he is a fanboy, and uh, he attracts a lot of the same. So, all that said, mm. uh, I was a big Kevin Smith guy. I really liked all his movies. This was always um, when I got a little bit older. I think the last time I watched this was probably four or five years ago. Uh, and I, the last time I watched this movie, I fucking loved it. I thought it was amazing. Um, and then I watched it this time, and I had a few other opinions. Um, so in case you didn't get from the Letterbox review, this movie is about Ben Affleck. And him and Jason Lee are cartoon – or not cartoon. They're comic book artists. Ben Affleck draws the lines. Uh, Jason Lee does the inking and coloring. And then they meet a female um, comic book uh, artist, uh, Joey Lauren Adams, who was dating Kevin Smith at the time of this mm-hmm. filming. You've done your you re- this research. It's amazing. Uh, I didn't even do that research. I've, I just know this stuff oh, because yeah. I – 
Well, actually, I not know this stuff. I didn't know the uh, the money it made. I did sure. look that up. Um, but yeah, they were dating at the time. So he meets her and he falls in love with her, but she's a lesbian. And he's like, all right, well, whatever. Um, she switches sides. Uh, Jason Lee is like, no, man, you're my friend. And he's like really against him dating a lesbian. And then Ben Affleck finds out that she has this really uh, dirty sexual history. And he... Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> What? What would this dirty sexual history? Well, that's how it's brought up in the movie, right? Is that it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like this really taboo thing that like she has this very um, sordid past Whoa. with uh, lots of sexual encounters. Uh huh. This is how it's brought up in the movie. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not yeah. talking out of line. And uh, Ben Affleck's really uncomfortable with this because he is not that type. He's the kind of guy who's had a couple girlfriends and he's had a couple of uh, sex with those girlfriends. And uh, he feels very uncomfortable and he's not sure if he can uh, live with the fact that his partner um, has this totally different sexual history than him. And that's the movie. So with all that said, Jared. Yeah. Do you want to talk about how you feel about chasing Amy? Oh, no. Or do well, you... You play it. Play, lay out your cards, mon okay. frere. So as I said before, I used to uh, – this, I think, without a doubt, it's probably the best Kevin Smith movie. Some people might say Clerks. Uh, I also have an affinity for Mallrats and uh, Dogma, but um, that's no one's favorite movie, so it doesn't matter. Um, this movie, I think, in – 2017 so this movie's 20 years old now in 2017 i think that it is partially really dated and partially timeless so i think the first hour of it is not uncomfortable to watch but it's a little bit like because it is really really heavy on like the dick and sex jokes like really heavy it's like what are you a rug muncher you fag (laughs) fag it and then it's like that's like the first whole hour and you're just like oh man you're like is this what this whole movie was did i never realize that before and then i think in the back end in the last hour it kind of gets into some of the the real stuff where it's just like people in relationships and trying to get over your own personal uh, like hangups on things. And I think a lot of that is really relatable. Like you might not have been dating someone who has like this, uh, very, uh, vast sexual history and you didn't, and you didn't relate to it. But I mean, there are certain aspects of any relationship where some, one person might feel differently than the other about something. And I think that is really relatable. And for that reason, I think the back end is really good, but, uh, there are, there's parts in the first half that you're just like, come on, because they're talking about all these different sexual things and how being a lesbian is weird and kooky and uh, gay guys are fags and comic books are cool. And then there's this really bad music like this <laughs> the music in this movie is fucking unbelievable. It's like it's like bad Seinfeld music where like Ben Affleck will walk into a room and a big boom, but don't boom, 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 but not down. <laughs> not, Mm-mm. not 
quite, but yeah, it's like the it's yeah. There's yeah. There's not like that like incidental music, but there's just like this like uh, like jazz fusion sort of like score that's like that was really popular in the mid '90s, which is when Seinfeld still existed as a new show. But like yeah, yeah. Continue. It it seems really out of place now, I I guess. Um, And then I don't know. There there are a few things. the acting is really bad <laughs> by a lot by <laughs> current day very res- uh, re- very respected actors like most recently uh last year's best uh, actor award winner Casey Affleck has an appearance in this movie right off the and bat you're, and you're just like ooh and then Matt Damon pops up later and you're like ooh <laughs> and even even my my man Big Ben he has some pretty cringeworthy uh scenes in this yeah um, like this, there's a scene where he's dancing. That's not very good. Um, <laughs> and some of his Kevin Smith's choices are, they seem very, at this point, dated cliche, dumb type of stuff. Like there's a, two people will be talking and then like one person says something really like personal and emotional and then it'll like a pause and there will be like thunder and you're like (laughs) or like jason lee walks into the sex scene and then like he's shocked so he drops his chocolate milk on the ground it's like the (gasps) like the shock and drop uh thing that's kind of dumb uh some of the dialogue is a little wonky ah but it's like i said i think the back end is really good uh and there's just a few things where it's like when uh, Joey Adams explains to her lesbian friends that she's dating a guy, everyone's like so mad at her. And I was like, why are they all mad? But I, but then I was like, oh yeah, this was 20 years ago. Maybe they were mad. I don't know. Um, and then there were, I don't know. There was, there were things that I thought were kind of weird where they're talking about like, what is sex and like, what is a lesbian? And there's a line where uh, Jason Lee, I think says, where's the penetration or Ben Affleck said that or something. And she's like, Ooh, it's like, I know probably someone has had that conversation in real life, but it's like, it's like, Ooh, gross. Um, and then I don't know. There, there are a few, it's, I don't know. There's stuff I don't like about it, but then there's also stuff I, I do really like about it. Like I said, where I think the back end where they're just talking about being together and relationships. It's like, you know what? I get it. I see why Kevin Smith like got a lot of uh, praise or a lot of attention for this. It's like, yeah, he was just being honest. But then I don't know. There's and he'll say something really emotional and good, and you're like, I get it, man. And then it'll be like, Hey, what's up, fart dick? <laughs> Which I also like too. But sometimes in this movie, it doesn't seem fitting. So, anyways, what do you think about chasing Amy? Well, RJ, since we're giving personal histories when it comes to Kevin Smith, I guess I'll <laughs> share mine. Um, like your older brother, um, I have like when I was. 14, 15 years old. That's when I was introduced for the first time to uh, Kevin Smith as an, right. as, as a concept, uh, particular like being like a, 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 a nerd, RJ, uh, yeah. when I was 14 years old, hanging around a comic store, reading Wizard Magazine. Uh, there came a point in time where like that was like, oh, Kevin Smith. Oh, man, he speaks for us. And I was like, oh, there's this guy making movies and he's like, he makes, he talks about comics and there's this movie where like Stan Lee shows up and like, oh, Mike Allred like does all the art for this one movie. And I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. I like all that stuff. This sounds amazing. So 
Uh, and, and then, like, as a, like, the guy who used to own the comic book store many years ago, uh, James, he, like, kind of fashioned himself after Randall from Clerks. Like, Oh, no. Uh, yeah, so... I just remember like that vaguely. He's like, yeah, James is just like Randall. Mm-hmm. And we all talked about, oh, clerks. And like, it's like our life. Cause we were all, when you're 14 years old, 13, like whatever the fuck mm-hmm. it was, we're like, yeah, man, oh, this, these movies are so good. Um, mm-hmm. My, my thoughts on these movies back then, the, the view askew trilogy, whatever you want to call it, the Jersey mm-hmm. trilogy. Um, clerks was like, always just like, it had some good moments to it, but overall right. I, I just like, I don't know. I wasn't really into this movie that looked like surveillance footage. Um, And then Mallrats, I thought I actually liked the most of the three. Yeah. Even though that's the one that, like, apparently people really penned the most and, like, hated on a lot. Even though, I mean, it was, like, just a comedy, but, like, it felt like a comedy. Uh, And Chasing Amy was always the one that, like, everyone was like, this is his best movie. Like, he's really matured as a filmmaker. Uh, He's, like, he finally figured everything out. And this is, like, what bumped him up into another level. Mm-hmm. But even then, it was like, I never really liked the movie. I thought it was like, kind of like, other than at the time, it was like, oh, Jason Lee's character, oh, he's so funny. And like, he's so, oh, so many great lines. And oh, there's a the comic book stuff. But then like the relationship stuff when you're like 14 is not that interesting. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, lesbians, that's crazy. Oh, man, huh, to see two women making out, you'd have to pay to see this. And uh, mm-hmm. this is like the, oh, man, what a, but at the same time, I was like, I never really ever wanted to watch Chasing Amy. And like, when it came the day when I had to like, was like getting rid of my VHS tapes to get DVDs. I never rebought the mm-hmm. Kevin Smith movies. Um, I think like Mallrats was like 40 bucks <laughs> and like clerks. Oh, yeah. I never wanted to watch again really yeah. that much. And like chasing Amy, like even though it was part of the criterion collection and it was like a cheap criterion collection mm-hmm. one to buy, it was like 20 bucks. I never bought it. Cause I was like, I don't, I don't really want to watch that movie again. Uh, Dogma came along and uh, I remember seeing that at least, I think I saw it twice in theater. Uh, yeah, thinking, thinking that was a good time. That's a Jarrett pick. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was like, oh man, yeah. Dog was really interesting. Yeah, what a great movie. No, but uh, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, but after you, after a while, you just kind of lose interest in these things. Uh, the last movie I saw of his in theater was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. When saw that with uh, old Bobby at the comic book store, uh, and that movie was like definitely looser it was just more of like a like a hollywood movie um with all the jokes insider jokes and uh mm-hmm. i don't think anyone watches that movie more than once uh and then mm-hmm. i didn't watch another kevin smith movie like clerks 2 or jersey girl or anything like that uh i did watch red state sometime later because i was yeah. like oh horror yeah. movie that might be cool and then i realized like because like I had seen people online talking about how bad of a director he was, how he doesn't know how cameras work, he doesn't know how to shoot things, and I was like, well, that seems harsh. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. But I remember watching Red State and being like, boy, these action scenes are really badly done. Like they're just like mm-hmm. he just like it's just repetitive. Like he doesn't know how to make scenes work. And that was like where I went, oh. And I never saw Tusk. Uh, and yeah, like, me is it uh, what's the one? Uh, Ride along or Yoga Hosers? No, that's his oh, Cop Out. Cop Out. Yeah, 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 which apparently is just like horrendous. Uh, and then Yoga Hosers is even supposed to be even worse. Um, mm-hmm. And I didn't realize until t- uh, the other day that oh, that movie stars his daughter, who he named after Harley Quinn. Um, mm-hmm. um, anyway, so mm-hmm. that's like my like history with the filmography of Kevin Smith. I haven't, I hadn't watched Chasing Amy probably since like 99 or something like that. So we're coming up on like 20 years since I've watched this movie. It's a movie I have like very little interest in actually watching. 
Right. Um, so I was kind of like, uh, not looking forward to this. I actually even uh, bought this like uh, Criterion Chasing Amy on DVD because it was like four dollars yeah. at the pawn shop, and I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll get it. And I bought it like yeah. months ago. Uh, so you know, popped it in, and I was like, oh, here's an introduction by Kevin Smith. And like, <laughs> I don't listen to Smodcast. I don't listen to like the whole family of Smith stuff. And it all, all my like hatred and making fun of Kevin Smith over the last like 10 years all came rushing Bumped back. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's so annoying. Like his voice and his like, just that, mm-hmm. that smarmy kind of like indifference that he, he's mastered. I, I started remembering like that video of Kevin Smith watching some episode of The Flash and crying. And he like, and he like oh, yeah. videotaped this. And yeah, yeah. and then like uh, him being asked to pay for another seat on an airplane because he was like so obese at that point. And Too then like, to fly. Yeah. And then he got online to complain about it and like mm-hmm. try to get like rally up support. It's like, holy yeah. fuck. Um, he did too. He was a big boy. Um, yeah, and then there was the uh, his legendary uh, tweet from like 2009, uh, which I'll quote here: 10 years in, and we bone like we're cheating on each other with each other. A decade plus, and her clit brown taint area still pones my dick." Oh God! Why do you say legendary? Does anyone talk about that? They do. I've never heard of this every, before. Every, it's like a joke every year. Yeah, it's been nine years <laughs> since this tweet. It's like it's like the worst because it's like holy shit! Like what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, yeah. but it's like it's classic Fun. Smith. Classic Smith. Classic. So, classic Duncan. So hey, we're here talking about Kevin Smith. Uh, his. Oh yeah. I'm assuming only. Uh, contribution that they'll ever be to the Criterion Collection. Um, so th- to talk about this movie, the opening mm-hmm. credits, we get some of that like this like mid-90s sort of musical score. It's like yeah. like probably the most interesting music in the movie. Um, and it's like over these like panels of the Blunt Man and Chronic comic book. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't mention that. So uh, Oni Press, a uh, little small publisher, they were actually publishing these like Kevin Smith comic tie-ins, right. and there was like a bunch of different ones. Like there were like there's like a Clerks comic that I think like Doug, Duncan Figueredo, uh drew, and then like Mike mm-hmm. Allred drew like a Blunt Man and Chronic comic. There was a mini series like with like Jane Silent Bob going. It was like a prequel to Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, where they go to like like the like Los Angeles and check out the porn industry, right. and it's just like all this stuff. I was like thinking about. It. I'm like, oh man, this is like Mike Allred art's like not even very good because it's like him trying to do this like semi-realistic sort of art style and like capturing mm-hmm. people people's likenesses that just like didn't quite work um and like like i still am like a mike allred fan but i remember like this period of time mike allred was also trying to do his own like multimedia like filmmaking stuff like he had this comic at the time mm-hmm. called red rocket seven they were like all printed at the size of like records um and it was like a story about aliens and their impact on the history of rock and roll in america and the uk mm-hmm. <laughs> and he made like a cd that was like himself playing like as one of the characters and then he made a movie called astroesque that it's it, it's a bad scene. Is it good? No, 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 no. And I, I own these okay. things. I paid like $30 back in the day for these tapes. And I think I still yeah. have them somewhere. But they're bad. Uh, anyway, so seeing Mike Allred here who pops up uh, playing himself, he gets the quote of, yeah. I love Chow Yun-Fat. I just don't see him playing Madman. 
because see back yeah. back, back in 1997 it was like ha ha Chinese person playing a white guy <laughs> that's wacky so it's like if oh oh what times we live in mm-hmm. um yeah so we're we're hit with that music you mentioned uh which is a constant bom, bom, like bom, bom. Oh, and even like the like actual songs that are dumped in here yeah real real bad um. So then we get like shots like at the comic convention, which is like some real dirt worse. Like, man, this isn't what comic conventions. I don't even know if they looked like this at the time, but it's like clearly just shot in a yeah. rare area where they only had like access to one side of the room. Um, mm. And you get just like conversations uh, with like comic fans. Uh, mm-hmm. But like everything's like really like overly cropped or something. Like, I'm not sure if this is just like because Kevin Smith's such a great cinematographer or like filmmaker <laughs> but like characters heads are just like cut off awkwardly in a way that you never see in like professional movies uh and yeah. you're just like like i was just like oh my god like and they keep cutting back and forth and everything's just like too close the color mm-hmm. like so, uh, this the colors in this movie are just bad like he can't he could he couldn't light a fucking goddamn bathroom um Ooh, oh sick man burn. sick sick burn um the the inker joke scene that opens up this movie mm-hmm. it's like i've i've been hearing that one uh for way too long uh it seems the to be tracer? like the tracer shit uh with jason lee like him talking his dialogue is just like atrocious mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that like so kevin smith uh he went on to like write some comics as well he wrote some daredevil comics he wrote some green arrow comics um uh, and like his thing was always like he's such he's so good at dialogue and writing great like banter and characters that was not mm-hmm. on display here watching this movie um it's like this is like that yeah. window of time after like quentin tarantino kind of like popularize this idea that you could have pop culture references in the way that your characters talked um yeah. and so kevin smith's like oh, i can do that too this is how my friends talk this is just like yeah it just comes to me so naturally <laughs> and so <laughs> he he does it all the time uh so those characters are just like him iterations of him talking amongst themselves about things and it's always about like at the end of the day like what one character will get like the leg up over another character but it's because mm-hmm. he wins he he wins every conversation with himself yeah um yeah the acting in this movie is just fucking horrible and it's endless by um, everyone everyone involved just like it's like holy yeah. fuck ben affleck uh really came a long way from this uh mm-hmm. yeah and i was like when i was watching this i was like whoa that's casey affleck that's nuts i'm like wait that's yeah. ben. it's ben's younger brother obviously he's in this movie too it's just mm-hmm. like it was really strange seeing him pop up in this because like at the time like, I think I vaguely remember Casey Affleck he had, or Ben Affleck had a younger brother. I just vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. I think when I was watching this movie last time. Uh, yeah. And so the the first scene that um, like tips this movie over into like worst movie in the Criterion Collection, one of the <laughs> all time worst movies uh, in my my canon. Oh, dear. Vile, horrible fucking filmmaking, RJ. This movie's fucking terrible. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. So. The Hooper X stuff. So we have like the uh, one black character in this movie. Uh, he he he's named Hooper X, and so of oh, course, yeah. like because it's like <laughs> oh, it's like Malcolm X, ha ha ha. And uh, so his whole thing is that he's a he's a cartoonist, I guess, in his own right. Either he's a writer or artist. I'm not sure which it is. Um, and he's selling himself as like the angry black man cliche. 
and yeah. like he's talking to a room full of white doughy comic people and he's like just doing the whole like shtick of being an angry black man making angry black comics and then uh the thing is that banky and holden they come in and they ask stupid questions like what's a nubian which i remember people mm-hmm. thinking is like hilarious and they talk about forever and ever because jason mm-hmm. lee because because banky is a great character he's so relatable um and then we get yeah. this like horrendous like sub tarantino star wars dialogue <laughs> shit that's just like oh, en- yeah. it's just endless and it's just like this is like this is cringeworthy and then you get the black rage scene where he pulls out a gun and starts firing this gun and black like, rage and yeah and and everyone's like, and everyone goes running out and they're like how, you, how is it that you don't get arrested and it's like oh my publisher asks me to do it no one seems to care <laughs> and then it turns out oh he's not an angry black man he's just a gay black man isn't that crazy mm-hmm um, well, being and, and, gay is crazy, Jerry. Well, it's like, yeah, if he was just a gay black man doing his comics, then people like comic fans would reject him and be horrified and shut him out. So being mm-hmm. an angry black man will drum up sales, I guess, which like corpse doesn't really make sense to me. Um, so anyway, uh, so that made no sense. Uh, then we get Archie jokes about how Archie's gay, and then we get that back and forth. Um, it's it's painful. Uh, we get lines. Uh, like I feel a hate crime coming on. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, hmm. like go on, tell me how you really feel. Uh, my next. Oh, here's my next uh thought. These people are fucking gross. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're dirty. Hey? They're like, all, all, I'm talking about like Holden and Banky. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're they, dirty. They're vile. Like, like this movie yeah. is vile because, like I said, this is all Kevin Smith. Like, this is mm-hmm. all him fully on display. Like, this is just the way me and my friends talk. And it's like, is it? Like, holy fuck. Like, it's a window in time when people would be like pretty honest with the way mm-hmm. that they talked because they weren't, I guess, policed by uh, social norms <laughs> now. Um, mm-hmm. It's like watching this now, it's like, what the fuck is this movie? who is this movie for and I think about how like this movie normalized shit that like people would like people still probably think this way because of this fucking movie Um, like there's dudes that like still like yeah they're like banky and I'm like oh like so that's just like one aspect of the movie Um, and it's like constant like I I hated Jason Lee's character in this (laughs) like he he's but you're him well, it's Kevin Smith. It's like a side of Kevin Smith that he's having a conversation yeah. with. Uh, God damn it. Then in all caps, never ever have I knocked on wood. I don't even know what that meant. Some <clears throat> some bullshit. Um, anyway. Yeah, there's, there's shots in this movie of like Jason mm-hmm. Lee like looking at this girl at the club. And it's like this like predatorial gaze. And it's the girl mm-hmm. that like she like Joey winds up making out with after she sings, um, yeah. and like he's just staring at her like in this way like it's like so creepy and it's like I don't know that was probably funny <laughs> back in 1997. Um, Joey Lauren Adams' musical performance was very sweaty. <laughs> um, it, it's like oh yeah they didn't know about makeup <laughs> back back in the day they like it was two hundred fifty thousand right. dollar budget they didn't probably have a makeup girl going around making sure hey we have to redo the we have to redo the makeup so. She's like not like under all those lights performing for like I don't know mm-hmm. twenty five minutes hours getting the shot right and all that stuff like that. Um, and then yeah, we get uh, when else are we going to have a chance to see this? 
because after mm-hmm. the makeout scene and the one scene that like I guess is still kind of funny is Jason Lee looking around the bar that they've been invited to to see Joey Lo- Joey's performance mm-hmm. and then he's, he realizes he's at the gay bar with women and he's like oh that's about it but then we get like the the cunnilingus stories the yeah the, those the, are the, pretty the, the the sex war stories that are so yeah. interesting um that's what i mean like what you're talking about it's like that first half where it's just like ugh, come on where it's like it's like hey are you a lesbian you rug muncher <laughs> tell me about some sex stories it's like yeah i was going down on this girl and then like a tree fell on me. Whoa. And that goes on for like 10 minutes. You're just like, come on. Um, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you noticed this, uh, but like, so Ben Affleck's got like this horrendous goatee. That's like, well, he's, he's, Kevin mess- he's, style. He's, he's messing, he's missing a piece. Like there's yeah. like, there's a section missing where it's like actually like a C. <laughs> well, just so you know. Yeah. He is missing a piece. I feel like it's because they tried to make him look like Kevin Smith. But if you look at the poster, which is also the movie box like uh, mm. picture, he doesn't have the goatee. Yes. Everyone else <laughs> looks exactly like they do in the movie, except him. Because I feel like sometime after the fact, someone was like, ooh, this doesn't look good. <laughs> Let's try something else. Yeah. Photoshop that goatee out of there. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think what's yeah, like, I, feel, yeah. I guess I feel like Holden in his shitty '90s clothes being dejected by the lesbian girl. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this movie is actually worse than I thought it was going to be. Um, nice. Yeah. It, so you liked it, eh? Yeah. Uh, talking about how women could possibly be attracted to other women on the swing scene is just horrendous. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it is bad. Um, yeah. So a like, banky stuff. Uh, I remember like having these like sarcastic shit heel friends, like in like junior high and high school, and they're all like they all were attracted to this type of like character. Like Jason Lee, they thought was like the coolest guy because what is he? He's Brody in Mallrats, and it's the same yeah. guy. It's Jason Lee playing the same shit. Like I never watched my uh, my name is Earl. Is that what it was called? Um, yeah, he's a little different. Yeah, he's a little. I guess maybe I, I never really watched it, but like there's something about his character because he's also in dogma right he's like an evil agent or i don't know he's yeah he's like lucifer or something but he's also a scientologist oh so (laughs) i I, I don't know if he was at this point though he is now he is now anyway so yeah banky in this like just a horrific character um Mm. like i hate it i now find yeah this stuff super fucking ignorant the worst of internet snarking personalities like there's just people who are like mm-hmm. perpetually in this mode. Like they're just always fucking on, and yeah, uh, yeah there's and then there's like the really intense scenes with him, like with with uh, Holden, where he's like getting mad that he's dating her, and like or like yeah, interested like, in why? her, and he's just getting like fucking angry in this way that's just like, what the fuck is wrong? Like what what scene is this? Like people don't interact this way. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it could, I, and I don't know when people watch this movie, people are getting the right idea from like, hey, Banky's like really fucking weird. But like, part of the two is like Holden as a character mm-hmm. is like really like nobody. Like he's kind of there's this chump, he's pretty shitty, and he's too. just like kind of going along with everything. Like every time mm-hmm. someone like tells him something, he's just like, yeah, yeah, I see that. And then he has a conversation on the swing. Oh yeah, no, yeah. I've I've come around to agree with us. It's like he's like a t- again, he's a he's a 
piece of shit. Um, well, yeah, especially because it's like he doesn't know what to do. And then like like uh, Kevin Smith, Silent Bob is just like, this was my experience. And then he basically he absolutely just copies exactly what Kevin Smith was saying. And it's just like, well, that's not a solution. You can't just do what he said to do. <sighs> Um, I think it is hilarious that Big Ben is wearing this like stained t-shirt boxers and socks on after a night of banging. Cause it's like, oh, yeah. cause we can't have him naked at all. Like in this blanket with this girl that he's had sex with. He's like, so he's yeah. for some reason after I had sex with her, I'm going to put my, uh, my clothes back my on. Sweater on. Yeah. So we don't have me naked, but you can be naked under the pillow, under the blankets. Cause that's sexuality. That's just what guys are like. Um, so I checked the time at an hour and four minutes and I was like, Oh God. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, um, I don't remember my time code. I did check. I don't remember though. So that's my bad. Yeah. Boy. Uh, yeah. The, then there's like some really horrendous, like ADR work done when it's like (laughs) Ben and uh, Joey in bed. And there's this like line where they had to get in this like deep dick in line. About oh God. yeah and it's you like going deep digging it, but it's like but the audio is like oh it's like what the hell and it's like oh we had to get that in and like that's the best yeah. take we got and we just, we just dumped it in we'll get to laugh about it because like oh right remember deep dicking hi now, mm-hmm. now she's not gay mm-hmm. um yeah there's like yeah so again the vileness of banky um, and I, I remember like people going on about this movie and like, and also in like in all of Kevin Smith's movies about his preoccupation with his, like with sex partners, sexual histories. And mm-hmm. like, like people saying like, this is very problematic. Um, but in this movie, it's just like, it's so bullshit. Like it just goes on and yeah. on in like, where it's like, people are just growing more and more like unlikable somehow. <laughs> um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Like, Oh yeah, and then we oh, and, then, you, and then we get the late entry of Jay and Silent Bob. Um, and so like I thought, you know, Banky was like a pretty vile human being in this, but then Jay Muse shows up, and he's like, hmm. "Holy fuck, what's wrong with this guy? This movie's like this shit's fucked up. This guy's horrendous. Mm-hmm. Like this guy's a fucking horrible human being, and he's playing himself. He, what a great human being he is. Yeah. Like making like fucking lewd, horrible comments to the waitress, and it's like, oh yeah, it's all in good fun. I'm like, no, I don't know, man. This movie just like makes me not mm-hmm. want to like ever look at this movie again. And then of course we get Silent Bob's monologue, um, and we get like, Jason Amy, man. Oh, his Which, by the way, all that's contingent on the fact that you you know these two characters from like the other movies. Yeah. Oh hey? yeah, yeah. I, I guess I didn't write that down. Yeah. There's like this like yeah. there's the one scene in the movie that like I think when um yeah when uh, uh Holden and Amy or, or not Amy um what's her name again fuck uh Joey Palomino jo- Joey's character in this yeah. um like when they're chatting and they're like yeah this is my friend she fucked the dead guy in the bathroom I knew her blah blah and it's like all these like things that like kind of add like. I guess some level like layers to the movie universe if you, if, building. If, if you've only seen this movie, it's kind of like, Oh, that's like an odd story. That's like oddly specific mm-hmm. and kind of weird. And it's like kind of odd comedy sort of way, but it's like, Oh no, it's a reference to these two other movies that you might never have watched because nowadays, like some people might just watch chasing Amy because it's part of the criterion collection. And it's just like this movie that exists. And then Jay and Silent Bob show up and it's like, Oh, they're like, they look like the guys in the comic. And I guess like mm-hmm. they're being paid royalties to use their likenesses in this comic. And there might be an animated series. And it's like, there's, this stuff that's 
just there that you're like, I don't think this is how like the comics world works like at all. This seems to be like yeah. someone's idea of like collaboration, like, guy, like guys renting a fucking studio and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's mm-hmm. like, where did they come up with money? Or like they're and they, well, when they talk about their sales, <laughs> I'm like, okay, like yeah. Well, they sell weed. We we had a good. No, I'm talking about the the cartoonists themselves. Oh, okay, yeah. Like how they make sales uh, and like the yeah. all, all the comics conversation stuff is like t- terrible. Um, <laughs> having been, well, a, you needed to be there. I needed to be there, man. In the, in the scene at the time. So yeah, Jay, Jay's horrendous, and yeah, Kevin Smith's like so fucking bad. I like, I had to go show Chanel that chasing Amy monologue again, like on YouTube, oh, yeah. and I I couldn't even get through it. It's just bad. Like, fuck, fuck this movie. It's it's so bad, dude. Yeah, um, yeah and then yeah, pain, <laughs> painful jazz fusion of the late nineties. Uh, ah, yeah, the, the hilarity of Jay beating women, because <laughs> there's his comments tossed yeah. out there about him just like smacking up women. It's great. Um, yeah, this stuff doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, Kevin Smith is the worst fucking actor doing his reading through his nose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and then there's the big finish the big finish of the movie you get the big the big scene that i totally forgot about which was like holding solution to save everything like all the mm-hmm. his relationships is for them all to have a threesome and, well is is that not how you have conflict resolution is that how we is that how we're going to save this podcast it's getting too it's getting too real for me jerry yeah. i got to check out here yeah. i think we got to stop <laughs> It, I don't like the way this is going. <laughs> you you make me uncomfortable, man. <laughs> this movie makes me mad. Um, sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, we get the big scene where it's like, oh, just like the like, Kevin Smith's conception of relationships and like the idea that there's people out there that think this movie like reflects relationships in the real world. It's fucking nuts to me. Um, well, this- I said that though at the start. Remember, yeah. I was like, there are things I kind of see. But, but like that, it's it's like that, I said, it's that, not that people like mm-hmm. it's not that people are like, oh, yeah, you had sex in all these weird ways and I didn't. And I feel weird. But it like I think if you ch- try to relate it back to even just smaller stuff, it's like, well, it's like you you you, you do this. I do that. And it's mm-hmm. weird. People get hung up on stuff. I, I, I see what I mean. What mm-hmm. he's getting at. Yeah, I understand, but you, I clearly you don't. I, I no, or I, you don't. Uh, yeah. you don't feel that. Way. I, I feel like the whole like it's all uh, a premise of garbage essentially, and it's like so sure. unthought. Like, I just like I, I guess I'm super critical of Kevin Smith as a as a person, and this as this movie represents like so much of his identity because he totally throws himself into this stuff. Like it is like mm-hmm. I don't. I, I mean, he kind of prides himself on like the closeness to his fan base and these stories and like how they're like all reflections of himself. And I don't think he's like a smart enough writer to like separate out his own like baggage and not even view it right. as baggage and like think this is a good idea and there's gonna be people who relate to it and it's like yeah probably and like they're also bad <laughs> i don't know like ugh. so after you get that whole scene that doesn't play out and it's like probably like the it's like the poignancy that he's going for now like he's he's striving to like really land the whole story and be like mm-hmm. it kind of ends on this like unhappy ending because like that would be like really like a mature way of doing this but it's like but the whole premise of the whole movie is just like trash um sure anyway so yeah uh oh and then we get the final the denouement 
of the of going mm-hmm. back to the comic convention, which is just like you know the same day they shot the earlier part, they just shot it again mm-hmm. later on with the characters sitting at two different booths. Um, and then we get like. I saved you a copy <laughs> with the fucking uh, whole hold and coming along with his comic drawn by Mike Allred. Uh, then he plops it down in front of her. She's like, I didn't draw this. And he's like, Ugh. it's like, oh God. I did. I saved you a copy. I, I did some thinking. And like, mm-hmm. we're, we're just going to go our separate ways, all three of us. We just can't go back to the way it was. And uh, yeah, so poop. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, Jer. Yeah. I think after we've done this podcast for a while, we just we can't we can't go back to the way it was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I was going to mention. So yeah, the film was originally inspired by a brief scene from an early movie by a friend of Smith's, uh, where one of the lesbian characters imagines her friends passing judgment on her for selling out by sleeping with a man. I thought it was just based on his own sexual history, but well, I mean, it's like a common part. It's a theme. It's a theme in his movies because, like, back in Clerks, it was like the whole like, oh, she gave how many blowjobs to how many guys? Like that was like the whole thing. Thirty-seven, whatever the hell it is. Uh, Yeah. So fuck this movie and fuck Kevin Smith. Um, Well, there you go. There you go. Hey, so Kevin there Smith go. Kevin Smith revealed in early 2009 at a, at a Q&A yeah. session in Vancouver that he and the film's cast were currently recording new material for an upcoming Criterion Blu-ray release of the film. Well, it's eight years after that and it never happens. So maybe, maybe, maybe some people maybe actually they did it. Maybe they watched the movie again and went, ooh, I don't think this Oof. is worth uh, keeping around. Yeah. Eh, you could be right. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm right. I am right. You could be. You could be right. Um, hey, did you know that this movie still has uh, it's uh, on viewskew.com, the Chasing Amy FAQ? Because so Kevin Smith uh, always yeah. Kevin Smith always uh, prided himself on his relationship with the fans. He's a he's the a, uh-huh. a man of the people. So I mean, this was just written back probably in 1997, 1998, and mm-hmm. these are the sort of questions and answers that uh, he received and gave. Number one, why such a sad ending? <laughs> Whether or not the ending is sad is up to the viewer. If you're the optimistic type, maybe holding in a list to get back together. The important thing is that Holden had time to do some thinking and works out his hangups over Alyssa's past. In love, you have to put the individual ahead of their actions, always. It's comprehension of the past, not condemnation. That neutralizes insecurity. My fave here is number two. Is Banky gay? Why aren't he and Holden still friends? <laughs> Kev says, no. Banky is not gay. He would never cruise, nor would he ever actively pursue Holden of his own accord. However, mm. he does love his friend very deeply. Life comes down to moments. In the moment that Holden makes his off-kilter suggestion, Banky was willing to go the distance. A window is open, and in that moment, Banky agrees to a same-sex encounter of sorts. When Alyssa declines, that window is slammed closed. But Banky's already exposed something that he can't live with. Holden's knowledge that he would have gone through with it for whatever reasons, whether it be to save their friendship or because he was into it. That's why they're no longer friends by the end of the flick. Banky's self-loathing. I think a few, uh, a lot of people are self-loathing. So is Banky gay? It's not that easily defined. 
But then that's yeah. kind of what the movie's about as well. <laughs> Late, hey, Jared, it's layers, man. Oh, oh, but wait. What are Holden and Binky doing with the hand signals at the end of the film? Did you need this explained, RJ? I don't think so. No, it, I, 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 ne- I never thought about it in a weird huh? way. It's like, there's, yeah, like they're just talking to each other. Will that like, hat, oh, will that hat Binky wears be available for sale? Oh come on! The hat, the hat was available for about a year at our retail outlet. Unfortunately, they are all sold out, and a reorder seems unlikely due to the high cost of reproducing another batch. If a reorder is made, it will be announced on the site. What about that what you... shirt? What? Let me follow along here. What about that shirt Banky wears at the Comic Con? That would be the fly fat ass fly shirt drawn by our very own Scott Mosher. It's for sale off our retail site. So it seems like the common thing is that people really like Banky and they want to dress like Banky mm-hmm. because they feel like Banky. But, but their big, one of their big concerns is, is Banky gay? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if, if I want to. If he's gay. I, I, I don't want to. I don't. I mean, like, okay, it's okay if he's not gay because then I can dress like him and be cool and, like, say, f- call people faggots and fart knockers and shit because that's, yeah. that's cool. Um, at least back in 1997 through 2000. <laughs> 2017. 2009 is probably cool still. Yeah. Um, and then some questions about will it be released? Uh, will the DVD be the Criterion version that was released on Laserdisc? Uh, and some questions about was that Randall at the hockey game? Oh, speaking of which, that hockey game, mm-hmm. like the like cuts to like s- like people being body checked on the ice, underlining his like questions. And, oh. Yeah, yeah, that stuff's kind of his his aesthetic choices and tastes, and oh, it's just like what are you trying to make? Like this is like broad comedy stuff, and <laughs> then like you're trying to do this like like poignant film about like something that like. In, the, in your era, it's like, you know, people take this stuff pretty seriously. And it's like kind of a sensitive yeah. topic. You know, it's dicks, shit. Farts. Farts. <sighs> dicks, farts, and... Mm-hmm. Got any you know uh, I mean? got any follow-up to my ramblings? No, I think we're pretty well sorted out here. Mm-hmm. I think we people know what's up. Yeah. Uh, so uh, there's people who hate this movie. Mm-hmm. And there's people who love this movie. Lay it on me. All right. Well, uh, who hates this movie? Mm-hmm. Um, common thing. It's like, I think a lot of these are women, RJ. <gasps> well, don't, you shouldn't read them because you hate women. <laughs> Every decision Smith makes about how to portray lesbians reads like Smith deliberately picked the most offensive option available. From talking about lesbians like we're all virgins to Alyssa just needing to meet the right guy to the portrayals of her lesbian friends is either bitchy or present solely to entertain men with their sexuality and not ever to be people who have feelings or opinions or any kind of complexity. Character development is reserved for men and for the women in their immediate orbit. What orbit are we talking about here? Space? Uh, the the orbit of the men themselves, which mm. I guess is like, you know, that kind of goes along with the territory of like, this is a movie about these two dudes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then live here. These are half star reviews. Uh, first of all, fuck this movie in all caps. Mm. Uh, before watching this, I was like, and oh, I should mention this is uh, by live and the one uh, or yeah, live. And the one before that was uh, Norma Kraut Mueller. Something like that. Uh, uh, it's very small. It's very it's very small font um, for my my uh, wary eyes at this time of night. Uh, mm-hmm. Before watching this film, I was like, you know how how bad can it be? 
It's got Ben Affleck and lesbians. Unfortunately, despite reading nothing but bad things about this film from LGBT uh, people, I didn't foresee what a biophobic mess or biphobic mess it was going to end up being. At first, I liked it, be it uh, because it does have some funny parts, but the rest of it is just gross. It got to the point when I was praying for the movie to end already because I was so sick of listening to ignorant nonsense. Ben <laughs> Affleck doesn't even look good in this. <laughs> Ironically, I am a lesbian with a crush on Ben Affleck. <coughs> so, there, so there was ab- yeah, well, iron- irony, whatever. Mm. So there was absolutely no reason for me to have spent time watching this. Please shave your ugly beard. Also, his character is beyond fucking annoying, which brings me to the bi- biphobia in this movie. That's a new mm. one. I'm not familiar with biphobia. So basically, every man in this movie is convinced that the world revolves around them. Uh, Alyssa is a lesbian and Ben Affleck falls in love with her even though she's a lesbian and they end up sleeping together despite her saying multiple times she's a lesbian. She's not established as bisexual even though that would make sense which instead makes the movie this really gross biphobic which is first keep saying biphobic uh, it's just fucking disgusting uh, I looked up Kevin Smith's after the movie was over, finally, unfortunately, I was met with good reviews on Google. That turns out to be his name's daughter, Harley Quinn, and I wanted to end mm. this review with that. People have some problems All with right. that. But I think that's like a latter-day thing. Back in, like, 1997, yeah. Harley Quinn was just, like, a, a, a novel, unique character from the Batman animated series. And now it's, like, Suicide Squad. Um, so then there's the people who love this movie who on the flip side are all white guys. Of course. Cartoonists. Five stars. Kevin Smith is at his most mature in his intelligent exploration of sexuality. Sure. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, five stars. Joel Clark. SJWs watch Chasing Amy and think the idea of a lesbian falling for a guy is ridiculous. Yet they expect heterosexuals uh, to be blind to love and fall for the same sex. Conservatives watch Chasing Amy to see the idea of a woman fucking another woman to be wrong and dislike the ending because it didn't end the obvious way. If your life isn't controlled by bullshit politics and instead you understand the human elements in this film and understand that the world isn't so black and white, you should relate to Chasing Amy on a huge level. I know people and have been in the same position as many people in this film. Lesbianism isn't wrong, as the conservative right would see when watching the film, (laughs) and the film doesn't pretend lesbians aren't thinking straight at the SJW left would interpret the film. Pull your heads out of your political backsides and watch it properly. Surely the way the film ends would indicate to both political sides that life is in general unsure. Love can be blind to gender regardless of sexuality, yet ultimately sexuality plays a huge part in in our identity and everything ends up a mess. Things can be worked out or sometimes they just end. Chasing Amy is an accurate depiction of life to an extent. Taking the comedy into account, Because humans are so complex in our thoughts and feelings, Chasing Amy is a very complex and dramatic film. More dramatic than I was used to with Kevin Smith, hence why it didn't click with me on first viewing. But now, I've got to say that Chasing Amy is a masterpiece. Seriously, for Mm. once, everyone put your black and white politics aside and just watch movies from a human standpoint. Look at yourself and put yourselves in the shoes of all the characters in the film. Even the one character whose views I disagree with the most is written in a very intelligent and human way. He's pretty homophobic, yet it's evident that his upbringing and place in the world has shaped his views. But he is uh, uh, he is at heart a good person. 
extremely flawed and often just downright mean, but it's clear he doesn't want to see his friend hurt. Sorry, social justice mm. people, that I see some complex good in this character. Sorry, far conservative right, that I don't agree with his homophobia. Sorry, I didn't see the film in complete black and white. There are so many layers to this film, and I remain a fan of it. Sorry for the rant, but the reviews on this site filled with political agenda do my fucking head in. But I guess that's just the time we live in. Neither side is right. Look at yourself, the rest of the human race, and then look at the uh, film. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I've had enough with these. That's it. I don't like people who love this movie or hate this movie. I'm done with it. Yeah. You all suck. Everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. Oh, God. <laughs> there, Oof. You, there you go. Oof. Well, it's good that you like it. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad you loved this thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure do. <laughs> yep. Oh, so horrendous. Nice. Horrendous. Anyway... Um, another one in the can. Uh, there you go. Nice. Uh, after the break, um, I don't know, fist, Stuff. fisting and. You keep bringing that up, but I don't think there was fisting in this movie, was there? Did, did, did I, have I brought that up tonight? You've already brought it up tonight, yeah. Did I? Astute listeners will know. Fisting. Fisting and threesomes mm. to save the podcast. Tune in. To the vid- to the video cast. <coughs> I don't like it. I'm packed and I'm holding. I'm smiling. She lives. She golden. She lives for me. Says she lives for me. Ovation. Motivation, she comes out and she goes down on me, and I make you smile like a drug for you. Do ever what you wanna do, coming over you. Keep on smiling, what we go through. One stop to the rhythm that divides you, and I speak to you like the chorus to the verse. Drop another line like a coda with the curse. So, RJ, what sort of uh, details can we get about your sordid sexual history that we, we need to know about while listening to a podcast about movie making? Butts and dumps. You can email us at criteriaincrease at gmail.com and tell us about your sordid sexual history so RJ can judge you. Yep, I will. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We're on SoundCloud. Stitcher, iTunes, all that jazz. Mm-hmm. Next week, spine number 76. Hey, David Lean, I think he knows how to make mm. movies. Nice. And this is another romantic type of movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, it, what are we talking here? Brief Encounter from 1945. Woo! 
girl. There won't be any conversations about, I don't know, like action comics and like Superman and condoms blowing through Lois Lane and shit. It's gonna be you great. don't know that. I, I you do, don't know. I have. I do know that because I've actually seen this movie. So, oh. yeah. I can guarantee you that's not going to happen. Yeah. It's late. I've got to start editing. Good night, folks. Good night. Forever. <laughs>